Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning at First Church in New Knoxville. What a special day. What a beautiful way to start our service this morning. Thank you, Sharon. And announcements this morning. Uh, the Rose on the Altar this morning is in honor of Vernon and Joanne Fellows, who will celebrate 68 years of marriage on Monday, April 3rd. Happy anniversary, Vernon. Following the service today, uh, all congregation members are invited to move to the ministry center to witness the immersion baptism of our confirmant student, Sam Ansball. So we'll meet up over there after the service today. The new uh, website for First Church is up, and everybody's invited to go in, and especially our radio listeners, go in and take a look. The address is www.firstchurchnk.org. This week is the last week for Wonderful Wednesdays. Uh, you'll see photos on the back of the uh, worship folder this morning. This week's menu is cheeseburger, corn chowder, and as always, our favorite chicken noodle. Dinner is open to anyone in the community, and we hope you invite your friends and neighbors to join us on Wednesday night. Church cookbook pre-orders are underway. Uh, we can place your pre-order with any of the youth are on the Facebook page, the website, call the church office. They're $15 each, and they will arrive in time for Mother's Day. Hint, hint. So. And one last thing, we have a special birthday this morning in our congregation, as our pastor will turn 30 this week. So Sharon said we're going to sing this morning. <laughs> oh, hey, that was Eric said we're going to sing this morning. <laughs> candles. Oh, anyways. <laughs> now I ask everyone to stand for our call to worship. <laughs> Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make music to him on the ten string. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The lover of righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. I will continue to stand and sing hymn number 43, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
And now we'll invite the children to come forward for children's chat with Tori and take a chance to greet our neighbors. Well, good morning, guys. Who can tell me what I have here? A frisbee. A frisbee, yes. What does a frisbee do? Mm-hmm. It can fly really high if you're good at throwing it. I'm horrible at Frisbee, so don't ask me to throw this thing. Um, but did you know that this Frisbee can actually teach us about our faith? No, I know. That's what I said when I read this, but it can. Um, so let's find out how. But first, I have a story to tell you. So today we're talking about the parable of the tenants. And this parable um, is about a very wealthy man, and he was going on a trip. And he called his three servants together, and he gave them all of his money. Um, To the first servant, he gave five talents. Now, that might not seem like a lot, um, but in Jesus' day, five talents was a lot of money. And the second servant, he gave two talents. And the third servant, he gave one talent. And even one talent was worth a lot, a lot of money. So the first servant took his five talents, and guess what he did? He doubled it. He invested it, and he doubled it. The second servant, he gave two talents, and that servant doubled his money, too. And then the third servant, he decided he was going to save it and just bury it in the ground so nothing would happen to it because he was worried that someone might take it or maybe he'd lose it. Who knows? Um, But when the master returned, he was really pleased with the first two servants. He told them, he's like, well done, you've, you've earned more money for me, you've, you've doubled my money even. And then he asked the third servant, he said, how about you, what have you done with the money I gave you? And the, the third servant said to the master, I knew that you were a hard man and I was afraid, so I went out and hid your treasure in the ground so that it would be safe. And then and the master answered back. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. You could have at least put my money in the bank where it would earn more. He then took the one, one talent from the lazy servant and gave it to the one who had ten talents. So in this parable, the God is the master and you and I are his servants. The talents that the master gave his servants in the story was a form of money. But God has given us talents too, hasn't he? What are some of your talents? To sing the national anthem. Awesome. That's a great one. What else? Watch movies. That's a pretty good talent. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) What else? Anybody else have any special talents? Playing soccer. Yeah. So some of us are good at sports. Some of us can sing. Some of us are really good at lounging on the couch. I like that. Um, But God created us each with special gifts, and he expects us to use those gifts for his purpose to further his kingdom. So you all know what this was. This was a Frisbee, right? But pretend for one minute that you didn't know what this was. You had never seen this before. You might think it was maybe a dinner plate, or it could be a hat, or perhaps a tool for digging in the sand. Uh, It could be just about anything that you want it to be, but it's a Frisbee. And the person who created a Frisbee created it for a purpose, for it to fly really high, for people to play catch with it, all of that stuff. And, you know, a Frisbee isn't really impressive. You know, like maybe your mom and dad's iPad might be a little more fun than a Frisbee. Um, 
so it's kind of low on the totem pole of coolness, but this Frisbee can fly really high. And if you threw your mom and dad's iPad, they might be a little mad. Um, But sometimes you and I may look at the talents that God has given us and think that we don't really have that much to offer, that maybe our singing voices aren't great, or maybe we're not very good at soccer or whatever. Um, And we might be tempted to even hide some of our talents. But that's not what God wants us to do. God gave us each gifts and talents to use for his kingdom to show people his love. And so this week, I want to challenge you. Use your talents, however God gave them to you, to further the kingdom of God and to show people Christ's love around you. Okay? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the talents that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for the parable this morning that taught us um, that you have gifted us perfectly uh, with what you wanted us to have, Lord. Lord, I pray that this week that we would use our gifts and our talents for you and that we would show love to those around us. We love you so much and we thank you for this time. Amen. Keep in mind a serviceman lost in northern Syria in the last week working in our behalf. Staff Sergeant Austin Birian, 25, from Umatella, Oregon. Let's pray again together. Father, we are grateful to be here this morning uh, with the sun shining. Uh, we, we sense spring just around the corner. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, Enliven us and enliven our hearts this morning. Uh, Lord, uh, spring is a great reminder uh, of of new life and of rebirth. um, And that is what you offer to each one of us through Christ, the opportunity for new life, uh, to be born again in you. And so we thank you, Lord, for the reminder of spring that that you make life possible, that you make new life possible through your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, What a great reminder we have, especially as we are looking forward to Easter Sunday here in just a few short weeks that the reminder that you have conquered sin and death in the grave and that you have made life possible and available to each one of us. Uh, Lord, with that in mind, we look at those who are in need. We look at uh, the soldiers, uh, Lord, who are fighting in this war in the Middle East and the families who who are suffering the loss of a loved one. Uh, We look at the names listed in our bulletin, people that are dealing with health issues and other other, uh, hardships, Lord, Uh, Lord, the promise of new life isn't just for, for after this one, but it begins here and now. And so I pray that you would, you would pour out your spirit on these people on these, in these situations, that you would bring new life into each one of these situations. You bring shine your light into these dark places, and, and that your light is the light of, of life that gives hope to mankind. And so we are thankful for that and pray that you would work in each one of these situations according to your will and according to your glory. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This time I invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward. Uh, Today's offering goes to help support the general fund here at First Church.
Please be seated. This morning's parable comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 36. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put the money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And now rise and stand, please. Hymn number 382. Be thou my vision.
Amen. You may be seated. Father, I pray that as we open up your word together, as we take a look at what you have in store for us today through this parable that we're, that we're examining, I pray that you would give me words to speak, open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today, and may, may our focus and our attention be on you and not ourselves. In Christ we pray. Amen. So this is actually our, our, the last parable that we're going to be looking at uh, for this series. Um, Easter has kind of snuck up on us. I don't know about you, but I feel like it, it has for me and my family. Uh, next week is Palm Sunday and Confirmation Sunday. It's a very exciting time. And then the follow, Sunday following that is Easter, and we've got a lot of exciting stuff planned for that day as well. Uh, there will be a, a, the Youth Sunrise Service at, I don't have it in front of me, 7 a.m., I believe. Uh, breakfast following that down in the social room, and then uh, our normal 9 o'clock service here in the sanctuary. So I'm very excited about, about this next couple weeks coming up, as well as our, you know, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services, as too, here at the church. So a lot of excitement happening, a lot coming up. Um, and so I hope to, to see you all here and be a part of those services. But our, our parable today, the last one that we're going to be looking at in the series, uh, is, is probably a familiar one. There's a lot of parables that maybe are more well-known than others, and this is one that is, is probably pretty well-known. And actually follows directly on the heels of the one we looked at last week. If you remember, we looked at the parable of the ten virgins or the ten bridesmaids, uh, which, which is immediately preceding this passage from the first part of Matthew 25. And we talked about what it means to be ready for when Christ returns. Uh, and we talked about uh, kind of two big ideas. First, we want to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. We want to make sure that we are, we are right with him for when, when we stand before him. And also, uh, we want to live lives now that, that reflect our status in, in Christ's family. Uh, we want to live lives now that are, are reflective of the, of the salvation that we've received from him. And so uh, this parable builds on that theme, and it, it takes a look at what it means to actually live that out. You know, if we want to be ready for when Christ returns, if we want to live a life now that's pleasing to him and that is in line with his will, uh, it will look a certain way. And, and so this parable about the talents or the bags of gold, as, as, some, as our translation from the NIV says, it deals with that issue of, of, of how we live in the here and now as we await Christ's return. And it deals with the idea of stewardship. Stewardship is the wise management of the resources that God has given us. And we often think, often think of stewardship simply in terms of our finances, Right especially with uh, April 15th coming up here pretty soon. That's heavy on a lot of our minds. You know, we think of finances and how we, how we use the money that God has entrusted to us. But stewardship is so much more than that. It's more than just the, the money that God's entrusted to us. Stewardship deals with four big areas in our lives, how we spend our time, how we spend our treasure, our finances, as well as our talent and our testimony. And so, so we often think of stewardship simply in terms of our finances, but but today I want to challenge us to think of stewardship in, in a broader term, in terms of the talent, the abilities, the gifts that God has given you, uh, and using those wisely, using them to build his kingdom. That's what this parable is, is forcing us to look at. And stewardship involves so much more than just money. It involves all of those things. And, and in the parable that we're looking at today, it involves those gifts that he's given us. And so we're seeing a, same, a similar theme crop up in this parable that we've seen in, in others. The master is gone, right? He, he entrusts his servants uh, with, with certain responsibilities, but then he is out of the picture. Uh, very similar to the, the theme with the, with the bridesmaids. And this issue, this parable, deals with how we should then conduct ourselves as we wait upon the Lord. 
Remember, God is patient with us. Second Peter 3, 9 talks about how God is not slow in keeping his promises. We looked at this last week. But he's being patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all, for all people to come to repentance. And so that's why, um, that's that same idea here. The, the master is gone. Jesus has returned to be with the Father. And in the meantime, he's entrusted uh, his servants, he's entrusted us with these talents. And one day Christ will come again and we'll have to give an account of how we've lived in his absence. Jesus spoke so much concerning his absence at this time because he knew what was about to happen. Remember, these parables that we're looking at are are ones that Jesus spoke during Holy Week. In just a matter of days, Christ knew what he was about to face. He would be arrested. He He would be beaten. He would be crucified. And he would die. And so he knew that this was coming up. He knew that this was about to happen. And so he was telling these parables to, to his followers in order to encourage them for when that time came. Now, as we know, and we'll celebrate here in two weeks, death was not the end of the story, right? Christ rose from the grave, and, and he triumphed over sin and death in the grave. And then he, he, he spent a little while longer with his disciples, but then he returned to be with the Father. And that's where he remains today. You know, and so in a sense, we're living in that same same. Uh, doubt, that same absence, in a sense, of Christ uh, in, in our lives today. And he, he, he desires that we live uh, according, to the, the, according to his will and according to the talents that he's given us. The end of Jesus' mer- earthly ministry was near, and so he would soon return to be with the Father. And so the disciples needed the encouragement for what was to come. And, and to be honest, so do we. There's some days where it feels like, all right, God, are you really there? All right, Jesus, like, I don't, I don't necessarily feel you. I don't necessarily have, have that sure confidence, right, that, that Christ is right here by my side. Now, he gives us those promises. He gives us the promise of his Holy Spirit to be with us. But we don't always feel that. We feel like maybe he is, he's absent. He's gone. How do we deal with that? How do we live in the meantime? And that's what this parable will, will instruct us on. And so the master in this parable gives, uh, gives these bags of gold, gives these talents to his servants. And he gives each one a different amount of money. First, he gives uh, one servant five, another servant three, and then the last servant he gives one. And one talent was about 15 years of wages for the average laborer. So we're dealing here with a significant amount of money. Uh, we, you know, this isn't just pocket change. This is a, a huge investment. 15 years worth of of wages for the average laborer is one talent. So the person had five talents. That's 75 years worth of, of wages. So it's a big, big sum of money that they're entrusted with. But what, what's the expectation here? Are they supposed to just sit on the money? Are they supposed to just sit on that talent until the master returns? No, the expectation is that they would do something with it. They were supposed to put the money to use. The servants with the five and three talents take the money and invest it, and they double the amount that they were originally given. And when the master returns, he's thrilled to see their initiative and their faithfulness. He's thrilled to see what they've done with the resources that they were given. And so in, in response, he gives them this commendation. He, sa- they, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What a great response to get from your master. You know, think if at work, uh, you know, if you got a boss and, and you do a job well done and your boss gives you that same sort of commendation, well done, you know, great job. 
what a great feeling that is, you know, to, to be acknowledged for, for a job well done, to be acknowledged for hard work uh, that paid off. And this, it's a similar thing here, but it's even, even greater. Uh, we see the, the parable and the application kind of coming together here. You know, this, idea, this invitation to come and share your master's happiness. That's the invitation that, that Christ gives to each one of us to join him in his happiness, to join him for eternal life. And so those that have put their talents to use, who have, who have done well with what they've been entrusted, are invited to join in their master's happiness. The servant with one talent, however, does not invest the money. Instead, he hides it. Right? He doesn't do anything with it. He's afraid he might lose it. He's afraid that, that as Tori was talking about in children's church, someone might steal it. Uh, they didn't have banks as we think of them today. Uh, they couldn't just open a savings account and put something in there. A lot of times what people would do is they'd, if they had something valuable they wanted to keep safe and keep hidden, they'd bury it somewhere and, and, and keep it safe underground and hide it. And so that's in essence what this uh, servant did. And so when the master sees that the servant did nothing with the money that was entrusted to him, he scolds him. The other servants are are rewarded. The other servants are given this great commendation. But this last servant was scolded. The servant has the money taken away from him, and he is cast outside the house. Not the the kind of uh, reward that we would want, right? That's not not something that we would want to look forward to. So, So how do we... And sure, if we are the servants, if, if the Lord is the master, and he's entrusted us with certain talents, certain gifts, what are we supposed to do with them? How do we ensure that we're like those first two servants and not like the third? I think this parable teaches us a lot about what, how we can respond to what God has entrusted us with. I believe it's important for us to use our God-given talents. Um, first of all, it's important to recognize that they're given to us by God. Just as the servants were entrusted with certain amounts of money, uh, to, to be stewards of. We have been entrusted with certain gifts and abilities and talents that God gives each one of us. And we, we sometimes get confused and we think that we have, we've done it all ourselves, right? We have the talent. We have the ability. It's all what we've done to earn our way. But we see here from this parable that it's, that's, it's not about us. Even the gifts we have, even the abilities that we have, even those things that we develop over time and become good at are still gifts from God in the first place. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 says, For you created me in my inmost, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. See, God created each one of us, and he created each one of us unique. And he gave us certain talents and abilities and gifts, and he desires that we use them for his glory to further his kingdom. We may develop those over time. You know, we may do things to help enhance those gifts, right? We put them into practice, and, and we develop those abilities, but they're all from God. They all have their origin in him. And when I talk, I, I want to make a, a distinction here that's helpful, uh, because there's there's talents and abilities on the one hand, and then there's what we call spiritual gifts on the other. And they may look similar. They may have some, some areas that, are, that, are, that they have in common, but, but it's helpful to distinguish between the two. Talents, on the one hand, are those natural abilities that God gives to all people for a common good. So, so someone who's not a Christian, someone who doesn't claim to follow Christ, can still have some pretty good talents and abilities, right? 
someone may be a good leader or a good speaker or a good teacher, um, but not, you know, be using those for the kingdom. They may not, uh, they may not be, those aren't spiritual gifts. Those are the natural talents and abilities that God gives to all people. It's just part of how he made us and how he made you. Um, so someone can have some pretty, pretty amazing talents and abilities apart from uh, having that personal relationship with the Lord that we all should strive to have. Uh, you know, and you can, you can see evidence of this all over the place. You know, there's people that are really wise that have a lot of good things going for them, uh, but they are still not, you know, they're apart from Christ in that sense. On the other hand, we have spiritual gifts. Those are the abilities that God gives his children, those who are part of his family, part of his kingdom, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so some of those things, like I said before, some of those things may overlap. They look like, you know, leadership abilities, teaching, preaching, that sort of stuff. You know, someone who is worldly, someone apart from Christ may be good in those areas. Those are their natural talents and abilities. But sometimes God gives special abilities to people uh, through the work of his Holy Spirit to do those things uh, for his kingdom. So, so there's a difference there, if that makes sense. And, and 1 Corinthians 12 is a great place to go and read about uh, spiritual gifts and what they mean uh, for us in our own lives and, and how they relate to our relationship with God. Uh, in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then he goes on to talk about some of these different gifts, talks about uh, wisdom and knowledge, uh, faith, uh, healing, all those sorts of things. Uh, and then in verse 11, he, he wraps it up by saying, all of these, these gifts that he's talking about, are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You see, we're, we've all been given a spiritual gift. If we're in Christ, we've been given a spiritual gift. And, and they're all given to us by God, by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, it's he, he's the one who gives them to us, right? It's not something we can just do on our own. You know, I may, I may really want to be a good, um, I don't know, teacher. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully I am a good teacher. I don't know. I'm kind of doing it right now. But, um, you know, I may want, you know, I may strive for that. I may try to do it in my own power. But apart from, apart from doing it in Christ, I'm always going to fall short. Instead, I need to rely on and, and, and look to, to what God, the gifts that God has given me and use those. Does that make sense? Use the talents that God has given to each one of us. And the second thing we can learn from this parable, first of all, they, all of our gifts and our talents and our abilities are from the Lord. Second, uh, he gives different amount of gifts, but everybody has at least one. Notice here, all the servants don't start off on an even playing field, right? They're not all given the same amount of talents. One's given five, one's given three, one's given just a single talent. Uh, they're all given from God, but they're given in different amounts. In the same, and so we're going to be held accountable for how we use the gifts that we've been given. In other words, we're not going to be held accountable for the gifts that we're not given. Does that make sense? And so we need to, we need to use the talents that God has given us, and that's what he's going to be, going to be looking at. Uh, for instance, in, the, in this parable, the servant who is given only two talents produced two more. The, the, the servant who is given five talents produced five more. So they had different amount, starting amounts, a different result, but yet they're given the same reward, the same commendation from the master. Doesn't matter what your starting point is. It just matters what you do with it. 
And so that's what he does, God desires that we're faithful with what we've been given. And so we talk about these different talents and abilities. We talk about these spiritual gifts. And, and, and it all looks different. We may have, you may have one set of gifts. I may have another. Uh, and, and another person has a third. None of us have all the same thing. God's given us all different talents. He's all given us different amounts. And it's not how much God has given you or how little you feel like God may have given you. It matters what you do with it. It matters how you put it to use and whether you're faithful with it or if you just bury it in the ground and do nothing. So even the servant who had one talent, I believe that if he would have put it to use, if he would have done as, as his master desired, he would have received the same commendation as the one who had five. It doesn't matter what you start with. It just matters what you do with it. A couple of weeks ago, uh, when we were in the office, Connie showed this, this video of a, of a Bible study that she'd been working on. And that clip has just stuck with me for a while. And it has to do with calling. And, and calling such a misunderstood word in, in the church today because people think that pastors have calling. People think that missionaries have callings. Uh, and and, and the, the average folk don't. But what's true is that we all have been called. We all have a calling and a purpose in our lives. It's not just for professional Christians. It's for all of us. And God desires that we faithfully live that out and uh, where he's called us. And this video clip uh, was this dramatic reenactment of, of, this, of people standing before the Lord and giving account of their lives, uh, similar to what happens in this parable when the master returns home. And one of them was a pastor. He had served in a church faithfully for 30-some years and, and done what he felt God was calling him to do. And God said, looked at him and said, I didn't call you to be a pastor. I called you to be an accountant. I called you to do this other thing. It, it was in line with his gifts and abilities, and that's what God called him to do. And so even though he was a pastor, he was not doing what God desired for him to do. And there was another scene where, where a, a, a guy was an insurance broker or something like that or some sort of a you know, business businessman. And, and he stood before him, and, and, and God said, you know, what were you doing? I called you to be a pastor. I called you to do this other thing. This, this man had lived out his entire life, uh, you know, helping churches and doing those other sorts of things. But yet that was not what God had called him to do. And so the third scene, which was my favorite one of them all, uh, was this woman that was standing before God. And, 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 and the voice that was representing God speaks to her and says, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And she looks around and says, who are you talking to? <laughs> You talking to me? She said, I'm just, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I didn't work in a church. I didn't go on mission trips. I didn't do any of that sort of stuff. I just stayed at home and, and raised a family. And God said, that's what I called you to do. That's what you were made to do. And that family you raised has made an impact all around this world. Those two children you raised up are making an impact for my kingdom because you were faithful to stay home and live out the calling that I placed on your life. Our talents are, are the same. God has given us talents and abilities. He desires that we use them for his glory. And it may look different for you than it does for me. It's going to look different because he's made us differently. But he simply desires that we live out the calling that he's placed on our lives. I think it was John Wesley uh, said, we'll be held accountable for the light that we've been given. We'll be held accountable for the light that we've been given. 
In other words, we don't have to answer for, for other things. We don't have to give an account for stuff we were never meant to do. God will just ask how we've been faithful for the resources, for the, for the calling that we've been given. It may be helpful also to think about the different kinds of spiritual gifts that God gives us and how they fit together. They all, in 1 Corinthians 12, talks about these gifts and it talks about how, how we are the body of Christ and there's different parts to the body. And, and some of these gifts like teaching and preaching and leadership, they're more upfront gifts. They're the obvious ones, right? You can, you can see someone using those gifts because they tend to be more upfront. They're, they're the ones that people see on a regular basis. You know, if you think about the analogy of a body, they're the, they're the muscles, they're the arms, they're the feet, right? The ones you, lo- you look and you can see them, it's pretty obvious whether, whether a body has an arm or not, right? So, so some of the b- gifts and abilities that, that God gives his, his people are those sort of upfront gifts. But just as important, equally important, are the background gifts. Things like prayer, hospitality, helps, administration. Those sorts of things that you don't always see happening but are extremely vital to the health and well-being of a church. They're like the internal organs, right? You don't see them, but if they're not there or they're not working properly, the whole body suffers. And so I know, I know, I can guarantee you there are people here today uh, in this room, there's people listening on the radio that have these background gifts and have been using them faithfully for years and years and years and years, and you may never have even noticed because they tend to be in the background. They tend to go unnoticed simply by the nature of those gifts. But they are equally important as those upfront, obvious gifts. Uh, and then there's a third category, um, the one that we would can, can categorize as supernatural gifts. Those gifts that uh, are, are obvious uh, workings of the Spirit in someone's life. You know, we, we talk about things like the Bible talks about uh, speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing, those sorts of things. Uh, which I, I believe are still valid, but again, not not everybody has every gift. Uh, if you look at the the analogy of the body, those supernatural gifts may be like the, like the blood, the the breath in, in a body, right? They're important. They're there. They bring life to the body as well. But not everybody has every gift. Not everybody has every kind of gift. Some of you may have upfront gifts. Some of you ha- may have background gifts. Some of you have may have some of these supernatural gifts, but they're all important. They're all equally valid in the body of Christ, and they're all needed. This parable also teaches us that we must do something with our gifts. Right? The difference between the first two servants that were rewarded and the third who was punished is what they did with the, what they were given. The servant with the one talent didn't lose it. Right? He didn't squander it away and, and come back empty-handed. He still had what he was given, but he didn't do anything with it. He just let it sit there. He buried it because he was too afraid. We see it comes from a misunderstanding of his master. Right? He, was a, he knew his master was a hard man. He knew his master reaped where he didn't sow, and so he was afraid to put his talent to work because he saw his master as a harsh, un, unyielding person. And we often have misunderstandings about God too, don't we? We have misunderstandings about who God is and how, how he works in our lives. And so, so out of our, our misunderstanding of who God is, we act a certain way. We may be afraid to act because we think God is an unyielding, harsh kind of God. And we're afraid to make a mistake. We're afraid to use our talents in the wrong way. And so, so we're afraid to take a step out in faith. But it's important for us to have a good, healthy understanding of God 
God gave us these gifts so that we could put them to use. And he's a loving father who wants to see his, his children grow and to, to grow into those, those gifts and those talents that he's given us. It's like, a, you know, when I look at Josie and I see her growing and, 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 you know, she went from, you know, not being able to even like roll over to running around crazy, can't stop in just a matter of a couple of years. Like, that's awesome. But you know what? There were some trips and falls and bumps and bruises along the way. She has, you know, my coordination and she's got bruises all up and on her legs, like all the time because she's always running into stuff and falling over. It took her time to get used to that ability. She had to stumble and fall in order to really be able to walk around like she can now. God desires the same thing in us. We're going to stumble and fall. We're going to trip up. But like me looking at Josie and seeing the pride and joy and and her growing into that, growing up as, as she is, God looks at us the same way, I believe. We need to quit being so worried about playing it safe and start using the talents that God has given us. I think of... I'm a big sports fan, as you, as you have probably noticed. And, and one of my biggest pet peeves watching a football game is when a team goes and prevent defense. You know, they sit back and they start playing soft coverage. And, and next thing you know, the team starts marching up the field and they score a touchdown. The team stopped playing to win and they start playing not to lose. And there's a world of difference between those two. I think sometimes with our faith, we start playing prevent defense. We start taking it easy and playing it safe instead of really stepping out the way God wants us to. And so why does God give us these gifts? What is the purpose of them? Uh, he, he gives us these gifts so that we can help others and not ourselves. First Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've, you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Right? We shouldn't use gifts just selfishly for our own good, but use them to serve others. And ultimately, he gives, them, uh, gives us these gifts to build up the church. Ephesians 4, 12 through 13, another passage where Paul talks about spiritual gifts. He says that they were given in order to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, that's the point is to build up the body of Christ, to use it for his glory and to build up his kingdom and not our own. And ultimately, we should use them in love. First Corinthians 13, right after Paul talks about all these spiritual gifts, he says the greatest of these is love. And to use them all in a way that is loving and kind towards other people. That's what, that's what God desires for us to do. And so how do we figure out the, our God-given talents? How do we, if we're supposed to put them to use, if God has given us each talents and abilities, how do, we, how do we figure out what they are? How do we put them to use? First of all, it's important to pray. Ask God to show you who better to talk to than the one who made you and the one who's given you these gifts. So take time to pray. Go to him and and ask him to reveal those things to you. You can also talk with people who know you well. We often have personal blind spots, right? We have areas in our life that we're unable to see because, because we're biased towards ourselves. But if people know you well, they can often speak truth into your life. They can, they can speak to you in a way that, that can help you to see what some of those gifts are that you don't necessarily see in yourself. And finally, I think it's important, just give it a shot. Just just step out in faith and try something. Trial and error is not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's better than, than sitting on your talent and not doing anything with it, right? So, so maybe you feel like God has given you a gift. Put it to use. Give it a shot. Try something. And then evaluate. It doesn't mean you're committed for the rest of your life. 
but give it a shot and see where it goes. And, and then take some time to reevaluate it. Talk, again, talk with people, pray about it, and see, is this really for me or, or should I try something else? God wants us to act. God wants us to put our, the talents that he's given us to use. He doesn't want us to just bury them in the ground. And when we do so, when we put them to use, when we faithfully uh, use the resources that he's given us, we'll receive that combination. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I want to hear those words from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that you give talents and abilities to each one of us. And you've entrusted these to us, not so that we could bury them and sit on them, but that we would put them to use for your kingdom, for your church, and for your glory. Help us, Lord, to do that today. Help us to figure out what our gifts are and put them to use, Lord. In Christ we pray. Amen. In closing, let's stand and sing our final hymn, number 379, Take My Life and Let It Be. Take my love.
Just a reminder, immediately following this service, we're going to head over to the ministry center and witness uh, Sam's baptism. So if you're able to join us, I encourage you to make your way over there as soon as this service is over. Uh, Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for each one that's here. And pray that as we go from this place, you would bless us and that your spirit would guide us each day. In Christ we pray. Amen.